Well, good morning, folks. It's uh, great to be with you. It's nice to see some uh, familiar faces as well. Um, I'm originally from the city, uh, but I now live in Lomavati. So I moved there, what, 13 years ago when I got married. So I'm down there and I've got two kids. And yeah, it's, it's, it's all good fun. All good fun. Um, I almost wasn't here this morning. I got stuck in Birmingham Airport last night, and I was about to text Jonathan and say, I don't know if I'm going to make the flight, but uh, thankfully, EasyJet got me here. Um, so I'm Daryl Ness, but I'm the UK Volunteer Relations Manager for Samaritan's Purse, um, and you'll be more familiar with the term Operation Christmas Child. And this morning, I just want to share with you a little update on the boxes and what's happened, a few stories, and then um, a little bit of information about what happens actually after the boxes as well. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Yes, we've, we've collected 24,264 uh, shoeboxes in Northern Ireland. 24,264 shoeboxes. And they left about a fortnight ago, and they're on their way to Moldova and uh, Bosnia. And they're actually going into the Ukrainian uh, refugee children's hands. Um, they, th- there was an issue getting them across the border in Moldova, because you, as you can tell, Eastern Europe is difficult at the moment, uh, but I've been told that they actually made their way through, I think it was last night, um, so they're making their way through to our church partners in those countries who have identified the children and will distribute the shoe boxes to them. Um, as I said, I was in Birmingham for the last fortnight or so, and uh, we've collected about 250,000 shoe boxes across the United Kingdom. That's amazing, because each shoe box we call a gospel opportunity. Uh, each box is an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with children who are in some of the most difficult situations that you'd ever find themselves in. Um, but this morning, as I was traveling home last night, um, I'm usually really prepared, but it's been a really busy period. I was thinking about what am I going to share this morning? Um, and I thought we'll talk about gifts. Talk about gifts. So, are we excited for next week? Yeah? yeah. Anticipation of some gifts? Does anybody know what the what, what have you asked for? What, what, what have you asked for? Santa, yeah, Santa. Yep. What, what gift, gift have you asked from Santa? You don't know. It's going to be a surprise. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, my daughter has asked for a scarf. She's easily pleased. Any other presents? A bat cave. Oh wow, that sounds interesting. You have to bring that to church next Sunday, and then Jonathan can play with that because he, he's really excited out there. Um, yeah, and my son as well. My son's a bit of a, a bit of a farmer. I'm not a farmer. I'm originally from Kilfenan. Um, he, he loves cows, so he's going to get some cows, I think. Um, but I want to talk about gifts. I want to talk about those gifts that uh, this church uh, gave to Operation Christmas Child a number of weeks ago. Of course, I'm talking about the, the shoeboxes. Um, and I wanted to share a few stories this morning about the impact of those shoeboxes. I want to share one story in particular from a lady called Isabella. She's a lady now, but about 20 years ago, she received a shoebox in Romania. Um, And she was from a small village in Romania. And there really wasn't much to this village. Um, There was maybe only 10 or 15 families. They didn't have any nice shops or anything like that. Um, And really at Christmas time, what she received usually was an apple or an orange. Imagine next Sunday if you opened up your presents and all you received was an apple and an orange. That wouldn't be very exciting, would it? It's not like a back cave. No. So um, a pastor had started a church in a nearby village, and um, he had entered into Isabella's village and said, look, we would love you to come along to our church. So her mom and dad were really interested, so they started going to this church every Sunday. But Isabella wasn't too sure about this whole God thing, because the pastor said, God loves you, and he wants you to be your um, heavenly father, and he, he wants to um, save you from your sin. And she just couldn't work it all out, because she couldn't see God. She couldn't hear God. She couldn't smell God. So how did she know if God was real? 
So she decided, I'll ask God to show me a sign. I'll pray to God to say, right, God, you show me this, then I'll know you are real, you exist. So it was leading up to Christmas, and she started to pray, said, God, if you're real, please make it snow on Christmas Day. Yeah. So she prayed this every night, but she kept going to church every Sunday with with her mom and dad. um, I kept praying this, and it got to Christmas Eve, and she prayed one more time, God, please, if you're real and you exist, make it snow tomorrow morning, Christmas Day. So she went to bed really excited, not because she was going to receive big toys, because as I said, she usually received an apple or an orange, um, but because she was going to find out if God was real or not. So she went to sleep and woke up the next morning with the light coming in through her curtains, and she remembered, oh, it's Christmas Day. And she jumped out of bed, ran to the curtains, opened the curtains, and what do you think she saw? Snow? There was no snow. Isabella was really disappointed. She thought then, oh, God clearly doesn't exist because he didn't answer my prayer. So she went to church that, um, that day with her parents. She didn't really want to go to church, but she was only six years old, so she had to. Um, and there was something different that day. As she approached the church building, it was nothing grand like we have here um, in new buildings, but it was just a little room um, where maybe 40 or 50 people gathered every Sunday. But as she, entered, or as she went into the village and started to enter up the pathway to the church, um, there was something different because there was lots of children there she had never seen before. Lots of adults she had never seen before. And when she entered the church building, at the front of the church was this wall of boxes of all the different colors of the rainbow. There was red ones, there was green ones, there was purple ones, there was every color you can think of. Um, the shoe boxes were there. So she sat down and the pastor said, this morning's a really special service because you're going to receive a shoe box, which is a representation of God's love for you. So when he said that, Isabella thought, but your God doesn't exist, they didn't make it snow for me. So all the children received their shoe boxes. They all started to open it. We always do a countdown. We say, three, two, one, open your shoe boxes. And there's usually chaos. There's bouncy balls hitting off roofs. There's everything that you can think of. It's such a great um, thing to be part of when you're there. But Isabella didn't really open her shoe box because she was unsure. This was supposed to be a gift from God, but she couldn't see God, couldn't smell God, couldn't hear God. So she thought God didn't exist. And she, he didn't answer her prayer either. But there were so many gifts inside these shoeboxes, things she'd never seen before. Um, the other children were opening up. She thought, right, I'll open mine to see what's inside mine. So she took the wrapper off and opened it up and closed it. She opened it up again and closed it again. And she began to cry. So Isabella's prayer was, God, if you're real, please make it snow for me on Christmas Day. Inside her shoebox was a snow globe. Isn't that amazing? Her prayer was, God, please make it snow for me. And God made it snow for her. It actually makes it snow for her every day. Now, this happened about 20 years ago. Unfortunately, her snow globe is now broken. But she then could always look at the snow globe and think, God is real. God exists because he made it snow for me. Isn't that amazing? Or you might think, that's a coincidence. That, uh, you know, that's, that could happen to anyone. But actually, I want to share another story with you. Um, my colleague was in Uganda about three years ago before this COVID thing hit and we couldn't travel. And she was there, and when we gathered the children together, the, the churches gathered the children together, we called it an outreach event. So there's a gospel presentation, and then the children opened the shoeboxes together. Now, the pastor did all the gospel presentations about four or five minutes, um, and then the kids opened their shoeboxes, and it's really good fun. 
But his attention was drawn to, um, this, this was done outside, his attention was drawn to a tree that was quite a distance away, and he seen a, a, a young lady and a child. But they weren't coming close to get the shoeboxes. He didn't know who they were. So he took, I, I took um, a shoebox over and spoke to the lady. And the lady said, no, 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 I can't accept a shoebox because uh, my son is um, deaf. And unfortunately, in some cultures, that's seen as, um, seen as a disadvantage, just seen as a, a, a curse almost on the family. That's not the case, but that's, in some cultures, that's the case. Um, and she said, no, no, my son wouldn't appreciate a shoebox because he's deaf, he, he wouldn't be able to play with things or whatever it may be. Um, but actually, inside his shoebox, when I opened it up, um, there was lots of things that were appropriate for a deaf child. Isn't that amazing? I was in uh, Namibia um, three years ago, which is Africa as well, and I was in a school, and there was about 400 children in this school, and this was a, a special needs school, the only one of its kind in the whole of Namibia. And the children were separated into three different groups, um, the visually impaired, the, 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 the hearing impaired, and then uh, those with, with mental um, illness. Uh, but we were uh, in the class that was called the Opportunity Class. And this was a, a, a group of nine children who were about 16 and were about ready to leave the school. The school had done all they can for them. But they were teaching them how to make things. Um, so it could be making bricks or it could be doing woodwork. Trades that they could use whenever they left school to sustain themselves and get some money. Now, I was here, so this, this isn't a second-hand story. But we, 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 diver, we give out the shoeboxes. And um, there, as I said, there was nine children in, in this class. And the first shoebox uh, was opened by a young man called Joshua. And Joshua was learning how to make bricks. Unfortunately, Joshua suffered from autism. So it meant that he kept touching his eyes. And bricks, of course, were made from sand, from straw, from clay. Um, and every time he touched his eyes, he was um, putting sand into his eyes. So the teacher, about four or five times a day, had to wash his eyes out. And that was just Joshua. Um, he opened his shoebox and at the top of his shoebox was a pair of safety goggles. I was there. The next child was a young man. I think it was, his name was Samuel, if I remember correctly. And he was learning how to do woodwork. So he had all the, his woodwork tools that the school had donated to him. They, were, they weren't new, but um, they did the job. And they were lined up on the floor in the classroom. And he was so proud of these tools. He loved each and every one of them. He opened his shoebox, and inside his shoebox was a tool belt. Now, we believe at Operation Christmas Child that every shoebox goes to the right child. Now, I can almost guarantee you, well, we can't guarantee you, but I can almost, you know, 195% sure that the 110,000 shoeboxes that were distributed in the Nibia that year, there wasn't very many more uh, safety goggles or very many more um, tool belts. So the items you put inside the shoebox, you might think, uh, oh, maybe the child not, might not want that, or the child doesn't need that. But actually, they can have a big impact. It can be a snow globe for Isabella, which will prove that God exists. Um, there can be a tool belt for, for um, Samuel, who needs it for his, his work. Um, it's amazing, isn't it, how God can do something so um, brilliant with a, a gift that you give. And I know this, sh- this church has given shoeboxes for a number of years, and um, it's a real strong partnership we have. But do pray for the children as they receive the shoeboxes and the items that you put inside the shoeboxes. Because you never know how that can actually impact that child. So the, the shoeboxes are just the first step, okay? So we partner with 75,000 churches around the world. And the shoeboxes are given to the children, and then if they want to, we give them a little separate gift of this little booklet. 
and it's called The Greatest Gift. And it's the Gospel of John in a real child-friendly way. Um, it's got lots of pictures, and it's translated into 98 different languages because we work in about 130 countries around the world. Um, so that's a little separate gift, and that's the message of God going into uh, children's hands and into um, homes across uh, the world. Now, our partners came back to us in 2004 and said, that little book was fantastic, but we want to learn more. The kids, the kids want to learn more. They want to hear more about this God who loves them. So we quickly went away, and we created basically a Sunday school program, much what you do in this church, um, and it's called The Greatest Journey. It's a 12-lesson program where um, children come along, they hear a story from the Bible, they um, are taught Christian choruses, they're encouraged to learn, learn memory verses and um, play games and sing songs, just like you do in Sunday school. Last year, bearing in mind COVID was still around, four million children went through this program. Four million children went through this program. And our partners have reported back that two million have decided to give their life to Christ. Now, you might think those numbers are are mad. They are mad. But there's a real hunger in certain parts of the world for the good news of Jesus Christ that maybe isn't here anymore, which is sad to say. But that's all because someone like you Firstly, donated a shoebox. That's all because someone like you lovingly packed that, and uh, I think it was Jonathan brings it down to Everton Presbyterian Church, and then we, we whisk it off to Belfast, get it all ready for customs, then put it on the back of a lorry and get it to the children. Um, you are playing your part in world mission. You may never set foot in another foreign country. You may never get the opportunity to share from a pulpit in Romania or um, Kazakhstan, wherever it may be, but you are actually actively taking your role in being the hands and feet of Christ by donating a shoebox, giving it to churches around the world who then identify the children and share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. So this program really um, follows, um, if anyone's familiar with uh, Romans Road to Salvation. So there's a couple of verses there where we teach the children and we share with the children. Of course, Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Unfortunately, we've got this issue of sin in our lives. Um, and it separates us from God, which is a sad, sad fact. But Romans 6, 23 tells us that for the wages of sin is death, so that means that separation. Um, uh, um, but we can have that gift, like I spoke about earlier, we're speaking about gifts, that gift of God is eternal life. Um, and how do we get that eternal life? Um, well, Romans 10, verses 9 to 10 says, if we confess with our mouth, and um, the way I always share it is turn from our sin and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ then we can be reunited again with God. And that message is not just for the children, it's for anyone here who doesn't know the Lord Jesus as their personal saviour. So I just um, thank you for your partnership. Uh, I thank you that um, we can do mission, even though we're from our homes um, and doing the shoeboxes. And I hope and pray that you realise that every one of those shoeboxes is a gospel opportunity, an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And I could stand here all day sharing stories, and I'd love to do that. I'll not do that for you because I know there's, there's roasts going to get burnt. Um, but if you go on our website, there is lots of uh, stories um, about how an item that a child was praying for or a child really needed or a family uh, really needed was on a shoebox. Uh, it could be quite an inconspicuous item, but actually for them it meant the world, and it really pointed them to know that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. So just let me end the word of prayer. And by the way, you're such a talented bunch. Really well done this morning. Um, I, I wish I had the confidence that you had when I was your age because I was very shy. I remember playing Titanic on the recorder at school and 
Yeah, that was the first and last time I did it in the public. <laughs> it wasn't very good. But let, let me pray. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, I just want to thank you just um, for this place. I thank you, Lord, it's a place that is centered on you, that knows um, you as it's, it's Lord and Savior, Lord, and it's centered on your word, uh, the good news of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for these children, uh, these precious children. Lord, I pray that you would help them to um, grow in you, Lord, help them to know you, Lord, and help them to just follow the calling that you have for each and every one of them. I thank you for this church. I thank you for uh, the, uh, Jonathan, Lord, and, and his leadership in this church as well. I thank you, Lord, as a beacon uh, in this community, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that many uh, will come to faith through you uh, because of the work that's done in this church. When I ask all these things in your precious and holy name, amen. Thank you, folks.